0: Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dharma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dharma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. Thank you for joining tonight. This is our uh, third class of our uh tuesday saturday Tuesday, happiness dhamma study my boy my dog is wanting some attention so <laughs> um this class is on the four noble truths this is the essence of the buddha's dhamma um and the essence of the buddha's dhamma is very simple Uh, It it really does resolve in these four truths. And they're truth because they relate to the Buddha's dhamma. In other words, (coughs) excuse me. Um, Other things that are true are not not necessarily dhamma practice. And so what I mean by that, it doesn't mean... um, to notice that, that the, the sky is blue, or that I'm washing dishes, or my, my car is a certain color, or my dog is a certain way, or any of those things. Those are truths, but they're not noble truths. What makes something a noble truth is that it relates to the Dhamma. And so the Buddha begins by saying, stress is suffering. As a consequence of having human life, it's painful it's disturbing it creates a point of view that might take us out of our out of our moment by moment of life but that's just life that's just the way it is life is stressful and so what the buddha is teaching is that we shouldn't be distracted by that this is a natural consequence of having a stressful life and then he teaches what what creates stress craving for and clinging to the, the way we want things to be creates stress so there's great wisdom in that by not insisting that things have to be the way that i want them to be i can eliminate stress in my life and then the the next the next stress in that the next Aspect of the Four Noble Truth is that it's possible to do this. The Buddha is giving us a, a um a great awareness that it is possible for us to not be distracted by the natural stresses of life. And then he gives us the eightfold path, the fourth noble truth. This is the path to eliminating stress in all of our lives. And it begins with the right view. So this, this whole, um, the progression from jhana meditation to four foundations of mindfulness and now understanding what the four noble truths are is the liberation of the Buddhist dhamma. And I hope you all understand it. I hope I'm, I hope I'm explaining it well. It, because it is through that understanding that this is a constant consequence of having a human life it has nothing to do with who we are or what we are there's nothing personal about it this is the four noble truths all the other truths are possible so I'm going to end it there and uh, take it around the room Ram how are you tonight I'm doing good here um,
1: yeah it, it is it is the basis of all the teachings, um, and when I started out uh, this, um, this run of the truth of happiness, uh, I kind of scribbled down uh, back to basics, um, and then I realized, well, um, it's really all basics. Yeah. It all comes back down to, to the fundamental truths truth and to simple and clear teachings. Um and but every time again I read this chapter, you know, I've read it six, seven, eight times. Hmm. Um every time that I do it, it just adds another layer of clarity, you know, what's going on. And and I notice
0: it isn't it amazing how how simple but how deep the Dhamma is and that it really does um impact every moment of our lives. And I think you understand that Ron.
1: Yeah. And and every time I think, uh, you know, I got it, I got it. No, nope. you know, I, I find something else that's yeah that's coming up and I real, oh, this also comes into it. that yeah. relation it was also there. Um but I I, I notice it every time I, I walk through this um I see it the most clearly um, when I'm trying to explain the Dharma to people who don't know it, mm. um, this is getting easier and easier. It used to be a really daunting thing. I just, I just couldn't. Um,
0: Would you? I, again, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you. Wouldn't you say that it's because you know how to apply it, or, or, or how the Dharma applies in these? Um, uh, dispersed disperse environments meaning it's just in in, in in a constantly energetic way of what's just simply what's occurring in your life
1: oh yeah yeah it, it's uh, and because i've i've applied it myself um that makes it easier to to explain it
0: yeah yeah uh,
1: and so these two things you know as you explain it you you see more and as you see more, you can explain it better. Um, it's it's a real nice little loop that, that uh, happens then. Um, and I'm glad I'm still in here and I'm still doing the truth of happiness because there is there's nothing better to just uh, get a better grasp on the basics.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Ron. Uh, Meg, how are you?
2: Hi there. Hi John. I'm doing well, thank you. Great. Um I'm um I've been doing really well with my meditation and with this um this chapter. Um it is about the basics, I think. Um mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm not really sure why it seems complicated sometimes. When you're going through life and Situations come up, and it seems difficult to go back to basics sometimes, you know. And uh, something that comes to mind, it's kind of been a theme this week, is um, the concept of judgment. Because that came up last week in my meditation, noticing my own judgment toward myself, and then judgments towards others, and that sort of thing. But I get a little confused with that sometimes, because what... It's like you have to have some kind of judgment or discernment uh, going through life every day. I mean, is that light going to change before I get there? Should I speed up? Should I slow down? Is that person acting hmm. weird because they're a threat or are they acting weird because they need medical attention? You know, I mean, there's all these yeah. things to, do to judge, right? We, it's part of life. And so I guess sometimes that gets a little confusing when we're trying to understand other people's meanings.
0: Yep. Uh, does that make sense? Because oh no, whatever, that, that, it's, it, there's, it's there's there's a. Um, so complicated. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it can seem complicated when you're practicing the Dhamma. What is I making, or what isn't I making? So there's a. It, it, this happened I think it was on our first retreat or our second retreat where someone asked a question what do you do when I was talking about um, diminishing eye making So what do you do when a train is coming at you and you're standing on the train tracks? The, the implication was that that you should do something that is rooted in eye making but it, it's all, all it's is sensible is to take two steps to the right in other words get out of the get out of the way of the train. The rest of our lives are different. We don't have to take things personally. The train wasn't coming at me. I just happened to be standing on the train tracks when the train was running. And that is, that is such an important understanding that there is nothing that is happening in my life that is happening to me. It's happening with me. And so what am I? what am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with that engagement with life? I am a part of life, aren't I? If I'm living this life, this is this is my part of my life. Do I take it personally or do I not? And that is the choice that each and every one, ever every one of us has. And so there's nothing that's personal. There are trains coming at us. Take two steps to the right, and take a breath, and enjoy our lives. Enjoy what's occurring. I, so, Meg, does that help answer your question? Yeah,
2: I. I... It does to a certain degree because I understand how not to take something personal that somebody's saying. Let's say, for example, mm-hmm. um, perhaps they're they're perhaps they maybe they said something about me that wasn't true or whatever, and and
0: or even I mean, it was true, right? I
2: can get angry, or I can say, well, you know, it's not really about me. It's you know, it's not a problem. But then it might be about me if they said something that wasn't true that causes me a problem in my life. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you see what I'm saying?
3: Yeah.
2: It gets fired <laughs> or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there's always these, these kinds of judgments that um, we do have to kind of pay more attention to and realize that you know there there is it you know it's like do we just go through life with this kind of pollyanna attitude like oh it's no. not really about
0: me <laughs> i don't no.
4: think
0: we can do that no we, we we don't we don't live with this pollyannish uh, attitude that everything is wonderful and nothing affects me in fact it's really just the opposite we understand that whatever position we take in the world affects the rest of the world. And so I know you've heard me say this over and over again, we end conflict in our mind so that we can contribute to the ending of conflict in the world. So we understand it it, it it's not it's not what's occurring outside of ourselves. It's a, it, it it's a matter of what's occurring within us that determines our experience in the world. And uh, and again, so it doesn't so much matter what other people are perceiving of us, or thinking of us, or acting towards us. What's most important is that we act with right speech, right action, and right livelihood. Because in that way, and in fact, in only that way, we know that we're not we're no longer contributing to the conflict in the world and so in our life. And so th- that's the point. You're you're what you're talking about, Meg, is the. Uh, the the manifestation of our own ignorance and how that affects ourselves and other people, and how do we address that? We address that by by understanding and ending ignorance within ourselves. Does that make sense?
2: I think so, but in a practical way, I'm I'm applying that in my mind in a way that. So, it's not so much how you, what you say or how you respond to somebody, but I guess the way in which you respond. If you respond in a way, you're not taking it personal.
0: Yes. And and so, if if the way you respond to life as life occurs is rooted in the Eightfold Path, and I would say, even more refined, rooted in right view you will no longer contribute to, to conflict in the world. And isn't that what we all want? When we, when, we, when we put our head down on our pillows at night, the last thing we think about, usually, <laughs> is the conflict that we've created in the world and how we can resolve that. And this is what Siddhartha Gotama realized, that it has, it has nothing to do with what we get or what we want or what we what we need to do it has to do with how we relate to each other in the world that's what's most important and how do we relate to each other from uh, from a truly wise and compassionate way it's from understanding and in that way we don't we don't contribute to conflict in the world and when we put our heads on our pillows at night there's no thoughts of what could i have done different because we've done everything we can does that make sense meg
2: yeah, I think it does. Um, it's it's still it's not really resolved in my mind though. <laughs> Can I add something here, John? Please. Um, this
1: this matter of judgment um, happens on a on a deeper level too, that not so much not only in, in interpersonal uh, situations, but in any situation where you feel a like or a dislike Mm. it's a an actual judgment of the situation and it is rooted in your own like and dislike so this is where this eye making thing comes in at, at a deeper level anytime that you like or dislike something you're putting it you're making it personal while these things are just completely impersonal happening around you, the train coming down the tracks is a completely impersonal thing, unless you think that that train is coming for you. Yes. In both times, you should get out of the way. But this is not something happening to you. This is happening some. This is happening with you and around you. You can make it personal by saying, "Oh, this damn train almost killed me." While you know it was,
0: or <laughs> well, you can understand that trains run. Period.
1: Yeah, trains run, and you're on the track. So the only sensible thing to do is get out of the way. Yeah. To, uh, but and again, and that's a that's a, you know a big life threatening thing. There are millions of situations every day that you make personal you know it's too hot outside you know i really don't want to go there um well it's not too hot outside it's just hot outside you know it might not be (laughs) comfortable for you but you don't need to make that a a personal experience it's just something that happened and you're there and you can like it or dislike it, or you can just realize this is the situation, and make the appropriate
0: choices. Well said, just my friend. A
1: bit more perspective.
0: Does that help, Meg? Yeah, I I think so. Yeah, so we don't we don't take. Uh, getting back to tonight's topic, the four noble truths. There's nothing in life that can be taken personally. Nothing, and we, and as Dharma practitioners, we understand that. And how do we understand it? It's because it's happening to everyone. The 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 uh, the impermanence of the world, the the environment, the things that are occurring are occurring to everyone. It has nothing to do with me except that I am a part of it. And so, what can I do about that? Well, I can, I can awaken. I can become a fully mature human being and so not con, con, contribute to the natural stresses that are part of life. But they'll always be there. They'll always be there. Uh, I, I, think, I think tonight we're transitioning from one president to another. And we've had an incredible four years about one president. But all we're doing is transitioning to another president. There's nothing remarkable about that is there except if we take it personally except if we think that it should be different but here we are we're living a life we're living in this world every one of us is taken is 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 considerate of of who they know who they are who their family is that's just part of human life but we don't take anything personal. And as, as we're talking about it, the one thing I would say we should take personal is wakening up, understanding what this truly means. And you described that great, Meg. You really did. So we don't take anything personally, and we uh, understand that all of life, it's just life. It's just human life. So thank you, Meg. You, you, you brought a, uh, a great discussion to our class tonight. Thank you. Hi, Steve. How are you?
3: Hi, thank you, doing good. Uh, yes, it's a very interesting topic for Noble Truth. And of course, events happen and uh, suffering exists. We're starting to get old. We're starting to get sick. But our human nature is so conditioned, we kind of uh, call this, we always add or subtract something. Yes. We add what we like, we yep. uh, subtract something what we don't like, and we... On the
4: top of the end, you
3: create more suffering.
0: It's uh first person. Second person, I have Well, and it's Steve it's because of not understanding that, which another word for that would be ignorance, not, not understanding the nature our, our own nature that we create the stress and suffering. So it, it thank you for, for for saying it that way. Please please continue. Yeah, and
3: it's uh, actually uh, uh, dependence origination is starting from ignorance and I s- still have a question about Satipatthana Sutta the fourth invention of mindfulness mm-hmm. yes it's kind of like not easy but it's very applicable uh, in meditation but i still wondering how we apply this for daily life how we can apply it Full
0: foundation of
3: mind for
0: daily life. it, it you not mind to be a little bit... It's, it's such an important question, Steve, thank you. Um, so we learn in meditation to not be distracted or... Maybe I should say it this way. Not, not apply any weight at all to feelings and thoughts, because that's what we're doing in jhana meditation. So when feelings and thoughts arise and pass away we recognize the impermanence of that. Off our cushion we learn that the way I feel about something or even the way that I think about something is important to take a breath and simply realize established in that foundation of mindfulness this is what's occurring. And we start and that is how we start the personalizing The ordinary arising and passing away of phenomena, meaning the phenomena of having a human life. So most of our human life has nothing to do with us, does it? It's simply what's occurring. And they're very, very specific things that we decide are personal, that then become personal. But again, most of life is simply life as life occurs. I, I, I made a uh, an uh, alliteration to the transition from one president to another in our, in our country. That's completely impersonal, isn't it? I have nothing to do with that. I can take it personal. I can say that I wanted this one as opposed to that one. But that's making it personal. Living in this life and moving from one moment to not, to the next moment is simply living a life. And that's where that's where our life exists isn't it in the in the in the impersonal moments and when we're making them personal we lose the moment so i know you've heard me say stephen we've had a couple of conversations about this that the the understanding the buddha's dhamma makes every moment meaningful because we're living it and we're living it because we don't need it to be any different than it is That's a profound thing that Siddhartha Gautama taught us, because what he's saying is it's occurring because it's occurring. It's not occurring because of me. It's occurring because it's occurring. It's a consequence of human life. Think about that. There are, (laughs) there's billions of people that are living their life within the same structure that we are. And yet we can have a we can we can have this experience of we can have an experience of nowness, meaning we can be present with what's occurring because we're not judging how it should be. It's simply what's occurring. Does that make sense to you?
3: Uh, Yes, it does, and so basically uh it's kind of like uh basically it's kind of like this uh we recognize destruction it can be thoughts feelings uh phenomena and basically come back to present
0: moment yeah and, and it, it, it all is you know it, it's it's surprising um, you've heard me use the word come and see for yourself it it it, it, it. When I finally understood what the Buddha was trying to teach us, and you, you, can, you can feel that through almost every dhamma, that he, was, that, that, he, that he was engaging in an effort to do something. And it was just this. It's pay attention to what's occurring in your life right here and right now. And that's kind of the secret to everything, isn't it? But, <coughs> excuse me, but then think about that. How could that not be? How could, it, how could the, the, I don't want to call it the secret to happiness, but I will. The secret to happiness would be to recognize what's occurring right here and right now. This is our life, and it can't be any different. We're involved in a, in a um, this worldwide um, COVID crisis, and then more more locally focused, focused on this, this, na- this transfer of power. And that's what takes our, it's, it's what gets our attention. But that's not what's important. What is important is the quality of our mind. Am I at peace with what's occurring? Is, is what the Buddha taught. And I hope it's what I taught or what I teach. There's nothing personal happening right now. And there's a whole lot of shit happening right now that has nothing to do with me. Excuse the expletive. This is my life. This is what I'm living. And I'm living within all of this. I'm living within all of you. You are all my life. All the things that are occurring are my life. What am I going to do about it? Am I going to maintain a calm and present mind? Or am I going to lose my mind over you, literally, over what's occurring? And that's what it comes down to. The things that we are distracted by right now in the world are the same things that distracted people during the Buddha's time. And what he said is there's four noble truths. Stress arises, craving for and clinging to things to be different than they are, exacerbates that. It's possible to end stress in our life right here, right now. Not 2,600 years ago, not tomorrow, not when somebody else is elected president, right here and right now. And the eightfold path is the path to ending all of that stress. And that's what we're practicing. That's what we need to know. It's timeless. You've heard me say it over and over again. It's a timeless path, which means that it doesn't matter what's occurring in the world. We have a way of understanding that we can maintain a common peaceful mind no matter what is occurring in the world. Isn't that wonderful? When I finally realized that, that was the... Uh, that was the aha moment of my life, that I wasn't tied to consequences anymore. I wasn't tied to this president or that, pre- that president or this virus or that virus or anything else. What determined the quality of my mind is the quality of my mind. And that's up to me. Josh, how you doing? So thank
4: you, Hi everybody! Thank you, John.
0: Good to see you, my friend.
4: Well, I'm not really sure where I'm on at on this journey. Kind um, of listen to what Meg said. I, you know, the, sometimes I have this image in my mind that they fabricated Josh, and the Josh is trying to walk this journey are in a wrestling match.
3: Hmm.
4: And uh, uh, the thing that I know that helps me though is, is when I find myself getting this kind of right now it's mostly if I get a negative kind of gut reaction about something that's going on in my life I try to take a deep breath and say this is not me. This is not mine. This is not who I am. Yep. And for that moment, I can kind of get out of judgment. Uh, I'm not sure, I'm
0: not when sure you, if when can. you take when you take yourself out of it, that, that's what you're describing.
4: And uh, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but I'm going to spend the rest of my time in noble. So, uh, it's,
0: uh, it's incredibly helpful, Josh, because you described the the recognition and the diminishing of eye-making. And that, that's, that's the whole dharma. So that's remarkable what you just said. You know, it, it really is. Jen, how are you tonight?
5: Hi, everybody. Hi, John. Um, there was something I wanted to say about noble truths that um that came through for me I I definitely had like a rough weekend with uh just the world and was pretty stressed out and I actually had a conversation with John that helped um kind of you know get me back on the path and um and he said again tonight it's sort of the same kind of concept resonated with me which is you know, when you're first studying these Four Noble Truths and you hear someone say, you know, that the problem is clinging and craving or wanting things to be different than than they are, then you can kind of get into a space where it's like, okay, well, the problem is I have to just stop wanting this to be different. And Yes, that is abandoning craving. That's one way of looking at abandoning craving. But another way of looking at it is that if you're if you're telling yourself things need to be a certain way, then you're telling yourself that because you believe that's what's going to make you happy is having things be some kind of way. Well. And what this teaching is saying is that nothing has to be some kind of way. Those are views, those are ignorant views. Yep. That you and those ignorant views are Anita That is that is what is causing your stress, your conditioned views of how, thi- how you think things need to be to bring you peace and calm. Yes. As hard as it is to believe, we don't have to get rid of this global pandemic for you to be at peace and calm. You get you know this president out of the White House in order for you to be at peace and calm. That's what that's what I'm hearing John say, and that is that's true. You can have peace and calm regardless of all of these other things that you believe you need.
0: Yep, and and, 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 and
5: that is still like even that is like ah like really. I don't really believe that. Like, I still, like, I still, like, no, I really, like, I need to be able to, like, go out of my house without a mask on. I need to be, you know, like, I, I, but you really don't. And I think every one of us knows, like, that when we sit down on our cushion and we meditate, we can have that peace and calm, even if it's a minute, without anything being different. And, and so that was the one thing that, that I'm taking home today. The other thing that I wanted to, is it Steve? Is because I was on Steve's question, or is it Slav? I don't. How do you how do you say your first name? I wasn't catching that. I'm sorry.
3: It's up to you. Whatever it's more comfortable.
0: <laughs> I I call him Steve.
3: Steve. <laughs> okay, it's, uh, it's just name. It's not. Could me. you just say your name one time? Just full name or just short name?
0: Full name. I want to hear like it.
3: Full name Vatchislav.
0: Vatchislav.
5: <laughs> close, close, maybe. Oh. Okay, anyway, Slav. Slav. Yes. Um. So I really liked your question about how can you pr- practically take the foundations of mindfulness into your life. And so, absolutely, what John said when you when you practice watching your breath arise and pass away when you practice remaining focused on your breath and at the same time can watch a thought arise and pass away you are experiencing the impermanence of that thought and you are creating space between who you think you are and that thought. So you're not, you're allowing yourself time for that thought to pass away before you grab onto it and decide it's like an important thought that I now need to distract myself with and feelings, you know, same with feelings, feelings arise and pass away on their own. We believe that we are manipulating those feelings in some kind of way or that they're our feelings or that we need to like, so If you can practice that on the cushion, when you get off the cushion, a feeling will arise within you, and you may be able to now stay with it, stay with the situation long enough for the feeling to then pass away before you grab onto it and then start defending the feeling or, you know, carrying the feeling or repressing the feeling. And then that's gonna be, you know, just mean that you're going to have a more peaceful
0: existence. I really was that's outstanding Jen. And I have to ask you. Thank you Jennifer. Did did you How do I ask ask the question? Was um I melting down this You didn't you did not understand this process with with depersonalizing feelings until you came to the dhamma. Is right. is that right? Yes. And that is what really freed you or liberated you from your feelings and your thoughts. Correct? Again, I'm not yes. trying to put words in your mouth. Not at
5: all, but they they still happen.
0: But that's liberation, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> to, to 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 not be directed by our own thoughts and our feelings, meaning taking yes. them personally is right. is the greatest liberation in the world. Yes, no? Yes, true. <laughs> Yeah, I got You don't have to agree with me, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> and, and John. Yes, David. How are you? Good,
6: John. It, it it also shows that that path being developed. Yes. That we all should. You,
0: rec- you recognize the 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 gradations in it, or the or the diminishing uh, of eye making. While on, if you're on the path, you recognize it because you're on the path. No. You know,
6: the buddha's first teaching was vision arose yeah you know, discernment arose he understood those first two noble truths yep. we and billions of others as you mentioned all share that first and second noble truth we don't understand it yep. the fourth noble truth gets us to the third noble truth and Jennifer's right. a perfect example of this yes. wonderful teacher melting down this weekend and it's a development of that path. Yeah. And each one of us are at different spots on that path. I don't think you're ever off the path. It's just a development mm-hmm. of that path. Yeah. And that's done through the yeah. jhana meditation and the development of mindfulness back to what Steve was saying and questioning. It's just where you're at at that moment. So, you know, the Four Noble Truths to me, it's just the reality of what life is
0: should be and is yeah and and so why wouldn't an an awakened human beings Dhamma be just that this is what it is this is what it means to be awakened so beautifully said david thank you michael how are you hi john hi everybody
7: Uh,
0: is julia with you
7: Oh, actually, she's uh, she's taking care of some business. She's uh, talking ah. to her daughter upstairs, so uh, I'm gonna leave her be here. Uh, I'll see if I can make sense out of everything or add something. <laughs> um, what I believe, uh, or what I've come to understand, um, relatively. Recently, but I do believe to, to be uh, critical in in living the uh, the Buddha's Dharma as he intended, and I see like the conversations that are coming up here are referring to just this very this very thing, uh, and it's it's actually it's an integral part of our. Are learning the T-shirt, I mean, uh, the Buddha's Dharma, in order for us to go forward and understand exactly what is what is needed. And that is the point of self-reference, okay? The point of self-reference, and when we're, we're being self-referential, uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, Slav and uh, Meg had, uh, you know, are looking for that, how do we stay in this moment, live in this moment, and, and uh, be aware, uh, being aware in a moment, okay? What do we wanna be aware of in a moment? We wanna be aware of, of our own self referencing in the moment. Uh, if we want to actually live in a moment, it has to be void of self reference. Yep. Once it becomes self reference, we go into the ego self and we're out of the moment. So if that maybe helps understand what it means to uh, acknowledge your own self-reference, which by no means, once we say this, we say it's not me, not me, not mine, not who I am. And uh, um, I think it was, was it Karen the other night, A girl from our oh, uh, the center. She had said, like, okay, okay, say like it's not me, it's not mine, it's not, it's not who I am. But then, who am I? Okay. Yep. She brought up a very good point. So, and that point being is like, who am I? You're the individual, the self that's recognizing yep. the not self. These things that are are not you.
0: The so, big question of who I am or what I am is answered by simply being what you are. Isn't that amazing? Yes,
7: and recognizing what you're not.
0: Yep. Thanks. So,
7: if you recognize that that's a, you know, a key to understanding the whole Dharma actually. Uh, uh, So if you can if you can concentrate on the moment to be in this moment without self reference, without self reference, and just have, you know, right effort into what you're doing in that moment (sighs) and stay in that moment, you'll start to see things clearer because your mind won't be, your mind will be united with the body and that's where all understanding comes. Yes. So
0: that's what I can it, 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 Thank you, Michael. What you're describing is, is the ultimate understanding that I'm not the center of the universe. And when I think that I am the center of the universe, every bad thing that happens in the universe happens to me, doesn't it? I'm yep. taking things personal. But when I don't do that, then nothing happens to me except in a way that I choose to interact with that, with the, with the event itself, it, 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 it's the it's the ultimate. Um, uh, it, it, it's the ultimate view. I'm going to say it this way: it's the ultimate healthy view of seeing myself in relation to the world by not taking things personally. But when I do, then everything is personal, isn't it? And everything affects me, and so everything will affect me. Including, you, just, you, you could say, the, the, the transition from one president to another. I'm just using that because it's, it, it's occurring tonight. We, we can take that personally, but it's not, nothing is happening to me. Except that I, I choose to accept it. I, I can make it personal. Or I can maintain a well-concentrated mind. I can, be, I can rest in jhana and realize that nothing is personal. It's simply having a human life. And that's what you described. Thank you, Michael.
7: John, just one, more, just one more thing. But Please. Also, in doing just what you had said, not taking anything personal or self-referential, okay? When we realize that we're not creating any more phenomena.
0: Yep.
3: Okay.
0: That's we're not right.
7: Getting to our phenomenal world, which is how we get entangled. And
0: beautifully so, said. Yeah.
7: Okay. So I just want to add that.
0: Yeah, phenomena arising and passing away is. Human life, isn't it? It has nothing to do with me. Whether I'm here or not, whether uh, whether my parents gave birth to me, doesn't change anything, does it? Life occurs, human life occurs. The 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 universe evolves, planets get born and and and, and die has nothing to do with me. So what's what is most significant? What what is most significant for me as a human being is how I see what is occurring that's called right view or wrong view and if that view is rooted in ignorance of four, these four noble truths that we're talking about tonight then I'm going to have a life of stress and suffering if that view is rooted in understanding of these four noble truths then I'm going to have a I'm going to have a life of peace and happiness it's the whole point thank you michael tim how are you I'm the, good to see you, Tim. I'm, I'm glad you joined us tonight. Good to see you. Dylan, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Dylan is a, a, a new member of our Sangha.
8: I'm trying to get my camera to work.
0: Okay. Ah, there you are. Hey. How are you, How's my doing?
8: friend? Doing all right. Hanging
0: in there. Good. Um, what do you think of tonight's class?
8: Tonight was definitely good. I see that. You know, a lot of you are more advanced, I think, than me um, when it comes to this. It's only my second class. Um,
0: Dylan was here on Saturday, came to his first class.
8: You know, I started reading the book, and I'm trying to understand the four noble truths. I think Slav and Jennifer stated it pretty well, um, and especially how to apply it into real life is um, definitely something Jen explained well, because um, with me, things, things seem to they attach and i'll start to ruminate about it mostly all day
0: and personalize it yeah
8: it must mean something
0: you know every time
8: i have a thought it's it's got to mean something and i overanalyze things so it's um it's great to practice the meditation because even if it's just a minute or two i kind of have a little bit of peace through in without that and then you could apply it to real life um and sometimes instead of analyzing things for two hours, maybe I'm only doing it 10 minutes,
3: you know, and then
8: I'm able to move on. And I, I'm starting to even take notice of just like walking, you know, just little things like that. I'm like, OK,
0: Outstanding, I'm David walking. Jim.
8: I'm going to this place right now. Whatever happened 10 minutes ago is kind of irrelevant. So, you know, I, I definitely really enjoy taking this course and it's nice to meet you guys and I hope to um, continue being here.
0: Great. Dylan, thank you so much for your honesty and your, your courage on sharing uh, uh, your engagement with the Dhamma. And, and what you're describing is the Dhamma. You know, you're learning to depersonalize things. There's, There really is nothing personal in life except that we make it so. And most of our difficulties, I might even say all of our difficulties, all of my difficulties came from taking things personal. When in fact they weren't it was just a consequence of living in life. When I I I could take that back to when I was a child in my family, uh, being one of six kids to to now. There's nothing personal, but when I whenever I took something personal, it hurt me. It hurt me, it it diminished my it diminished that moment in life. And so the Buddha taught me to not take anything personal and so to so to make every moment in life meaningful. But not extraordinary. It's just what's occurring. And you're learning that. And I and I'm, I'm, I, 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 I might say that I'm, I'm... I don't want to say that I'm shocked. But I'm surprised at how quickly you have understood that. So good for you. And I, and I hope you continue to join us. Because the, the whole message, the whole point... It's to not take things personal, because nothing is personal. So it's, it's, thank you, Dylan. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, Kevin, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Nice good to see you. Um, I liked the discussion
9: so far. I liked how we've described sort of the humanity that is within the Dhamma. Uh, and I really liked what Michael w- was addressing or sort of, zoning in on there about sort of the awareness and our and catching ourselves in action and the attention like what we hold into attention and, and attention Matt and I we're talking about is is how we gather our awareness and catch ourselves very subtly and Meg was was sort of getting to that and Slav as well. Uh, so you, it was really neat to see that and that's, that's what we're practicing for is to, is to notice those very, very subtle personalizations that occur very, very subtly and it takes time and it takes practice yeah. to, to see that. And it takes, as we've also said here, John, you've done a, you've hit on this, it takes honesty and, and it takes takes a lot of work and, and there's a path in it and a, a sangha to do that with. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's great to have all of you here in and in really a colorful discussion on this, um, you know, this sort of the whole teaching, you know, the Four Noble Truths is, is the entry point to the Dhamma and it, it's everything that you've all said. It's the, it's the foundational teaching. So
0: thank yeah. you. Thank you, Kevin. Well said. Uh, Jane, how are you?
10: I'm fine, thank you, John. Um, First of all, I really enjoyed everything that's been said so far.
3: Yeah.
10: Nice to hear some new voices. Um, Welcome. Um, I remember the first time I heard about noble truths. Um, It was a time in my life when I was super stressed. I mean, almost feeling hopeless. And uh, Matt said, you know, the first noble truth is stress exists, right? Duca exists. And I thought, well, I want to find out more about (laughs) <laughs> noble truths and so i went to the website and uh to the visitors section and i just started clicking on boxes and clicking clicking and when i got done it was like one o'clock in the morning i mean it was it was just so eye-opening to me it was like a total 180 difference in the way i had been thinking about everything
0: 2600 so, years years old truth transformed right, you it, yeah you know
10: and uh you know it just changed everything and more importantly, it, it gave me hope. I mean, when I got to the, especially the third, you know, third and fourth Noble Truth, oh, there's a way out, you know, and it was like that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. So, definitely life-changing.
0: And it was life-changing because you actually engaged with it, though, Jane. I mean, I, I'm... I'm <laughs> you, you engaged in right effort. It wasn't... Uh, I it wasn't just coming coming by the website it was by actually doing the work, correct?
10: Yes, but it's like you know it just makes so much sense yeah, I mean,
0: yeah but just, you incorporate it uh, the point I'm yeah. making is that you you right. you you stepped onto the path and you walked it. Right. it, it it's not just realizing something or, or seeing something it's actually doing the work. And changing. So the way that you and I, I'm sorry, Jane, for putting you on the spot. I know, I know you don't like this, but you changed the way that you think about yourself in relation to your world. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and that and that that changed everything for you, didn't it? It,
10: like I said, a total 180.
0: Yep. I mean, it's... And that was that was that was how it was for me. It wasn't a matter of of um, taking on some beliefs or agreeing with something it was actually changing the way that i think that made all the difference in the world and we are all doing that there's 12 of us online tonight that's the dhamma is changing the way that we think and when we change the way that we think we change the we change our view and from that point everything changes but nothing changes does it the world is still the same there's nothing different in the world now as comp- as as compared to 20 years ago or 5 minutes ago except as i see it i still have difficulties in uh, in situations i have a an ongoing family situation that is quite difficult but uh, there's nothing personal in that is there and so i don't lose sleep over it i don't lose i, I don't i don't lose my mind right here right now over it it's just what's occurring and that is my, that, that's the most marvelous thing in the world to realize that there's nothing, there's nothing that has anything to do with me. I'm just living a life. Jane just said that. Jane is just living her life. She found a way to depersonalize everything and so has liberated herself from her life. I hope we all understand that. David, how are you?
6: John, i I don't have anything else to add i just want to thank you and everybody for their contributions and again
0: we all learn from each other and uh thank you yeah thank you david i know i called on you twice i think i think i i got everyone is there anyone that i that i missed that didn't get a chance to talk
5: i think you got everybody
0: okay <laughs> well again thank you for a, a wonderful class and a, a look at um, uh, the four noble Truths we're gonna begin um, beginning Saturday with the Eightfold Path uh, so this is the path that that we walk and we're gonna we're gonna look at that uh, we're gonna do it over three classes um, it, it, it's it's remarkable how uh, how much you people understand Not I shouldn't say it that way. I'm sorry for using the word you people that you all are developing the Dhamma the way it's meant to be I, I, I've never seen anything like this and it's so it, uh, it's so invigorating to be part of a Sangha that actually practices what the Buddha taught so thank you all uh, for including me in that uh, Well, I'll see you all on maybe on Thursday or on Saturday. So have a great evening. Peace. Oh, Hey John.
8: Hey, John. I have a quick question. Yes. What time is it on Thursday?
0: All right, at two o'clock Eastern, uh, Eastern U S time is Saturday. It's the same zoom link there. Yes, it is. The, but the, the, uh, the sequence of the class is different. In other words, uh, we're doing one class a week on Thursdays and, two classes a week on Tuesdays and Saturdays. So I hope you okay. join us. There's no reason not to, but I hope you join us.
8: Yeah, I most likely will.
0: Good. Thank Dylan, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you all.
4: Bye, John. Thank you. Good job. Good job. Good job. Bye, everybody. Uh, you,
0: We got a good thing going here, don't we?
5: Has been listening
3: and the and while he's doing the
5: dishes, you
0: should see the look on his face. I think he had a few breakthroughs of understanding. What are you? Uh, mean mindful dishwashing? <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> please, please give Alex a hug for me. Okay, I will. Thanks. Good night, everyone.
10: I love your smile, Jennifer.
0: Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I do Good night. too.
10: John. Yes, sir. Uh, are you doing okay
0: now? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I, you know, uh, um, I guess you're asking because you notice that I may not be. <laughs> uh, and 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 thank you, Ram. I really appreciate it. I'm I'm doing okay. It's it's um, you know, I I don't know how to describe it. I don't I don't want people to be worried about me because there's nothing to worry about life is tough sometimes it just is and uh, i know I, I think about all you all that you did for me um when i was coming out of rehab and it, it's not lost on me right. um I'm, I'm doing okay you know and and so uh occurs right. i'm i'm uh i'm 65 years old and most people at 65 years old don't have the difficulties that I do, but I do. So you know that that's just the way it is. Uh, I'm not going to drop dead in the next moment, and yes. and my life is difficult because of things that have happened. But my life is wonderful because of the things that I've known, meaning the Dhamma, and the friends that I have, meaning all of you that are on on screen right now. So right. to answer your question, Ram, I'm I'm doing great. <laughs>
1: all right. Thank you. Uh, I hope you make it to the uh, to the Saturday
0: class now. Dude. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but you'll be the first to know if I don't. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> good night, everyone. And, and again, thank you for all your concern and your care. Um, I'm living a human life. You know? What else can I say? <laughs> Peace. Okay, Thanks Thanks very much. Much. Um, Thank you.